athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I want a long life, a legendary one. I want a quick death and an easy one. You're locked into the Dopey Show on radio. This is Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a whole lot to get to. The Super Bowl is set. Tampa is going to take on the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be played at the home stadium of the Buccaneers. So this should be pretty interesting. I'm going to have some thoughts on that. I'm going to have more thoughts on the respective conference championship games. I'm going to have some thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to have some thoughts on a plethora of things as it relates to the National Football League. And we'll get we'll talk about the guests we're going to have on the program a little bit later on. I want to start here because we didn't have a chance to talk about the passing of Hank Aaron, the all-time great, as far as I'm concerned, the home run king uh, leader and 755 home runs for his career obviously back in 1974 breaking Babe Ruth's record of home runs which stood at that time at 714 a phenomenal figure I mean I, I never had a chance to speak with him or meet him but it was a huge huge loss I mean think about all of the things that he had to go through throughout the entirety of his baseball career. And let, let's not forget, he began his baseball career in the Negro Leagues. But you think about all of the discrimination during that time that he played baseball, whether it was in the minors or the majors. You think about chasing, not chasing, but the home run record, right? And all of the, the threats, the notes, everything that he had to go through. But he, it didn't at least... In public, he didn't let it affect him. He did his job, went out and did what he had to do, was a phenomenal baseball player. We think of him as the home run king, and rightfully so, but he was also a three-time gold glove winner. And not only that, had a career, and and, and the other thing is, all-time leader in terms of RBIs or runs batted in. But the other thing, a 305 lifetime hitter like that's phenomenal to be able to hit 300 I mean I mean if you're hitting like you know above 270 to 280s you're doing something but a lifetime 305 hitter with 755 home runs is absolutely phenomenal and so what a life that he led and we must not forget or must bring to light if you're not aware of all that he did for HBCU. See, that's the story that's not told is what he did more specifically, a lot of what he and his wife 
uh, through their foundation did even more specifically for the Morehouse School of Medicine. But all of the, the scholarship money that was donated to HBCUs and even more specifically small HBCUs so that students could attend uh, these schools is absolutely phenomenal, right, over the years. And it's something that he was extremely proud of and did an, you know, just just a just a wonderful person as well as a great baseball player. So uh, definitely, I mean, he, he's definitely going to be missed. I mean, I think <laughs> we're obviously all going to go away from here. And that's a guarantee at some point, but it doesn't make it any easier when it happens. And particularly to a legendary figure, both on and off the field, like a Hank Aaron. So obviously our, our thoughts and prayers are with his family during this time. And just what a wonderful, wonderful person. Listen, as I mentioned, got a whole lot to get to a couple of other people. We I'm going to make, mention of uh, that have passed away as well. I'm going to do that uh, a little bit later on in the program. Uh, you can participate here on the program. Hit me up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. You can also hit me on my personal Twitter account at D where one at D where one or my personal Instagram account at where Donald Thank you to all of the great affiliates around the country that carry Box to Row. For instance, those that listen to us in Savannah, Georgia, uh, and also in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and other areas as well on ESPN Coastal. Those that listen to us on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142. And those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Let's talk about the conference championship games last week. And you look at the Packers and Green Bay. And I, 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 I picked the Packers to win. I thought it was a game that the Packers uh, were going to win. And, and obviously had all of the chances in the world and could not pull it out 31-26. to 26, Despite the fact that Tom Brady threw three interceptions and the three interceptions he threw were on consecutive were on consecutive drives and this is the thing about it. I know everybody's talking about I mean it's the the uh the the call on uh fourth down late in the game it was less than 2 minutes remaining Tampa was down 8 points at that time decided to kick the field goal opposed to going for it on fourth down. I know everybody's talking about that. That's been a big topic. Actually, as that happened, I was actually listening. I was I was driving, so I was actually listening to the game at that point. And in the flow of the game and the way that the game had gone and, and really the Packers couldn't weren't doing much. Like they had gotten it's a couple of things I think in this ball game. A um the the Packers at that point hadn't done a whole lot. And if you go forward on fourth down, I realize you still need a touchdown. I mean, I get all of that. You pin Tom Brady deep. I mean, I get I get all of that. I mean, I I, I don't have a problem. Like, I'm not going to say it was the right call, 
but I don't really have a problem with going for the field goal. That's not where the Packers lost this game. On the three consecutive interceptions thrown by Tom Brady, the Packers only managed seven points. That's number one. That's that's part of where they lost the football game. They could not capitalize on the turnovers. And I think that's where really the Packers lost this football game. It was still in the game. I mean, I thought that obviously a big play was also the touchdown pass uh, by the Buccaneers to end. It was like a couple of seconds remaining in the first half. Yeah, you don't let a defense, you don't let the defense get behind you. I mean, the offense get behind you. You should be in prevent mode, and you don't let a guy get behind you. I mean, the worst you give up is a field goal. And, yeah, when we're talking about points, obviously that's a huge play in the game. But even after that, Packers still had opportunities to win that football game, and it ultimately slipped away. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and what he had to say after the game. I mean, I think, you know, a lot was made of that. Uh, he, 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 in essence, said, I mean, there's a lot of changes that need to be made, and maybe I'm not going to be here next year and all of those things. And, of course, he sort of tempered that uh, in the latter part of the week. I think a couple of things here. One, you're in the moment, and you just lost a game, a big game, an NFC championship game, back-to-back seasons now. There's only one Super Bowl that the Packers have in the Aaron Rodgers era. So all those things, I think, played into what he had uh, to say it was in the heat of the moment. I mean, I know he cleaned it up, uh, I think, a lot, although he still left the door open. But, I mean, it's nowhere in the world. Like, I'm glad he cleaned it up because I'm thinking to myself, really? I mean, I, I can't believe he's even talking this way immediately after a game. There's things that can be fixed. And what team are you going to go to if you're Aaron Rodgers at this point that you could go to and could win a Super Bowl right now more than the Packers? The Packers have been to the NFC Championship the last couple of years. I think you tweak a couple of things defensively. I think because that that defense up front, those, those linemen are stout. I think you have to tweak a couple of things uh, in the secondary more so. Get Devontae Adams some more help. Like, it's not that the other receivers aren't good. They're solid. But get him another receiver that's on sort of on his level. I think if you do that, I mean, you're looking at a Super Bowl contending team for next year. Like, it's not, you don't have to blow anything up. Plus, there's the, 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 the contract extension that he signed. I mean, that, that they, they still owe money on. Um, the, the cap hit, like they're not going to trade him. You know, no way. Not this year. I, I realized they draft another quarterback, and that didn't, uh, you know, last year, 2000, uh, the, the last year's draft, 2020, that didn't sit well with Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that the Packers have to look towards their future. And just like the Packers looked towards their future when Brett Favre was there and they drafted Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the kid's not going to play, you know, anytime soon as long as Rodgers is there. But if you if if you need you know you need you know a backup, some insurance. In other words, maybe Rodgers gets hurt, then it's a guy that can come in and he can learn behind one of the greatest to ever do it. So if I'm the Packers, like I, 
you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't even apologize for that. Like that's something you have to do because Aaron Rodgers is not going to be there forever. And by the way, in the 2022 and 2023 seasons, his cap hit is much more friendly for the Packers. So if, if anything could happen, should happen, I mean, Hey, they can, they can, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they would or should, but you just never know if he's talking this stuff, you know, to 22, 23, then maybe you have more of a better opportunity uh, to move on from him. Your thoughts on Twitter and Facebook still to come here on the program. And I have some more thoughts on the AFC championship game, the Bills and the Chiefs. I actually picked the Bills to win, so I went 0 for 2 We're going to step aside, take a break, come back. Legendary football coach Joe Taylor's been selected to the college football playoff committee and he joins us to talk about it next missed any of our shows how about our conversations with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment check out box to row podcast at box or on apple Podcasts. the old renaissance is the new renaissance standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction this is the harlem brewing company Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Going to give my thoughts on the AFC Championship game, the Bills and the Chiefs. Actually, again, as mentioned, picked the Bills to win in a bit of an upset, and it wasn't even close with the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs just manhandled, in essence, the Bills. That offense is superior for the Chiefs, going to present some big problems for the Buccaneers, and we'll talk more about the big game on next week's From the Press Box to Press Row. Some sad news. Cicely Tyson, activist, actress, passes away on Thursday at the age of 96. Cicely Tyson, the one and only, passed away on Thursday at the age of 96. Six. It's been a rough, rough year so far here in 2021. A couple of more passings, unfortunately, to tell you about uh, of, of people that have passed away. As a matter of fact, uh, within the last couple of weeks, one gentleman this week who used to be a regular right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As we continue here on From the Press Box to Press where we are joined by a legend. This gentleman coached 30 years in college 
football, was elected last year to the College Football Hall of Fame, and wouldn't you know it, is one of the newest members of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. Also formally the president of the American Football Coaches Association and a Black College Hall of Fame inductee. He's the one and only. Joe Taylor joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Taylor, congratulations. Welcome back to the program. Well, thank you so much, and uh, appreciate all that you do, and appreciate you for reaching out to me. And as you said, it's just been a real blessed career. And, um, you know, we just – I thought I had retired, but I guess I had just refined <laughs> because I'm still moving. But a real blessing, real blessing. No question, of course, the – uh, the athletics director at Virginia Union. We've been doing this a long time. Like Boxer Rose been on the air 15 and a half years. We've been, you know, you've been doing this a long time. We've been doing this a long time. So I appreciate the time. And I want to start here. Your thoughts on being selected to the college football playoff committee. Well, first of all, it's a very prestigious committee. Uh, I'm honored. I received a call from Bill Hancock uh, just before the holidays. Uh, to see what my interest would be. And certainly uh, I told him that uh, it would be, you know, to be inside of the room at the table and kind of see how all of it go in terms of the analytics. Because, you know, the the real responsibility comes from uh, selecting the top 25 each week during the season. But then at the end, we will get together in a secluded hotel someplace out in Texas, and uh, we will decide on who will be the the final four uh, to compete. Uh, As you know, last year, of course, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson and Ohio State were the final four. So that's the main responsibility, and again, I'm excited and looking forward, and uh, I thought I had finished watching the film, but I guess I'm not. <laughs> and this, I mean, this is not something you, I mean, you obviously were selected, but this is not something you went after. They, they came to you about being par- uh, part of this committee. That's correct. Uh, I tell you, I found out later uh, after Bill and I talked for a while, uh, in 2019 in New York, um, I had, I was asked, to give the reception or response on behalf of all 15 inductees into the uh, National Football College Hall of Fame. And Bill was in the audience. And uh, in fact, you can, you know, take your remote and just go to YouTube and say Joe Taylor uh, Hall of Fame and you can still hear my uh, response when I talked about controlling your uh, your dash. And he told me that he was in the audience, but certainly uh, he called around to Dr. Thomas and, uh, you know, probably Grant Taft, who uh, at the time that I was the president of the American Football Coaches Association, Grant Taft was the executive director. So, you know, they dotted their I's and uh, crossed the T's and, uh, and I think it's the body of work that we've been involved with over our, you know, 40 years that really uh, created this opportunity for me. 
Yeah, definitely a, a big time opportunity. What you know? What are are there any things that you've seen? Because I mean, I get it, but you're not. You're like you're. This is some, you were the president of the American Football Coaches Association. Like that's a pretty prestigious deal. And maybe I don't know if you you all did some of the same things, especially when it came to you know selection of of FCS or I guess at that time one double A you know playoffs or, or or what have you. But are there some things that maybe you've seen or some some ideas you have that you'd like to, you know, sort of bring to the table as it relates to the college football playoff? Well, you know, that's a good question. And uh, that's a good narrative to, uh, you know, really talk from, because when I was on I was on the board uh, probably about eight years before I rose to the position of president. But you're in the room. Uh, with, you know, your Bobby Bowden, your Steve Spurriers, uh, you know, the list goes on, Bobby, uh, you know, Stoops. Um, and you're looking at legislation. Uh, you're looking at ethics. Uh, you're looking at how can we make this great game of football better? And also, how can we protect it? Because there's always onslaughts, there's always uh, persons who uh, think they have a better idea as to how things should go. So I think having that experience uh, and then being the president at one point, uh, all of that, again, when I say body of work, it's just been a wide range of experience uh, from uh, inside the board meeting room uh, to, you know, speaking at conventions. Um, you know, I think all of that, because, uh, that platform that I had at Hampton, with the kind of success that we were able to, uh, you know, put together, uh, you know, hard work does not go unnoticed. And, and then when you do it, and the first thing I heard was, because they did a background check, <laughs> it's all about integrity, doing it the right way, uh, and, you know, letting the analytics speak and not you know, trying to create, well, you know, these scenarios, but they are not, they don't have any uh, analytic base. So because I've done that, uh, you know, was able to experience that, all of that led to, uh, I think, this call coming. uh, Because like I said, no, no, it's nothing that you pursue. Um, And I think the first uh, committee consisted of persons like um, Lisa uh, Rice. Uh, then you talk about Willingham that was at, North, uh, at Notre Dame for a while. So they do their homework. And I think that because we were able to achieve at such a high level and do it the right way, led to this uh, final selection. Joe Taylor, who, of course, won five HBCU or Black College National Championships as the head football coach at Hampton, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, was just selected to be a member of the college football playoff. Do you feel like the CFP coach Taylor needs to be expanded? Well, you know, the the thing for me right now is just kind of, you know, look at what's been happening kind of get myself in the door and um, do some research because, as I said, Bill Hancock and that group, 
I'm sure those kinds of uh, questions have come their way, uh, and they've done a real fine job. And, again, it's all about analytics, and I know those discussions will be ongoing. Uh, but we're going to leave those kind of decisions up, up to Bill because he's the one that's got to <laughs> deal with uh, those kinds of questions. But I know those are discussions that will be, um, you know, had. Yeah. No, no question about it. Uh, for you, I mean, you know, it's it's it, we're obviously going through through COVID. It's been uh, about a year now. But again, about a year ago, around this time, you were uh, uh, inducted into the college football Hall of Fame, which is absolutely uh, outstanding. Can you speak to that and what that meant to you or what it means to you? Well, uh, yes. Uh, really, when I, if I could just brought chills uh, to me when I got the call. But, you know, it's like coming full circle uh, to be able, and not just with the um, National Football Foundation College Hall of Fame, but also what Doug and um, Shaq Harris has done in creating the Black College Hall of Fame, which I went in this past year uh, down in Atlanta. So for both of those to occur and you are, you know, forever enshrined, it just simply says that um, throughout my career, I was able to surround myself with great people from administrators, uh, of course, assistant coaches, and those outstanding. Because I always tell people, <laughs> you know, I've never gone to a Kentucky Derby and seen a donkey. Right. <laughs> you know, you got to right. have some horses. And I've uh, been blessed to, uh, you know, recruit and have a staff to go out and recruit and just have some outstanding young men uh, that no matter what I did in terms of touching their lives, certainly they touch mine as well. So it's like full circle. Uh, we talk about we have um, 24 national championship rings uh, or conference championship rings. Well, when you take all of those off and you put on that College Hall of Fame ring and, of course, the Black College Hall of Fame, that's full circle. Uh, that lets you know that, again, uh, hard work does not go unnoticed. Talking with the legendary Joe Taylor here on From the Press Box to Press Row. He is recently been selected as a college football playoff committee member. We're going to step aside, take a quick break, come back with more of Coach Taylor as you're locked into From the Press Box to Press Row. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman, and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember most about your days at Howard. Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble. You know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. 
So you got the full scope of what you should experience. And I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've grown in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression. And that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen. And people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult. And I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Akila memory out their head, but realizing Akila is also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just the sweet hosting girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That's the voice, of course, of T.I., it's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the home team, you know? No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN college sports analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was uh, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt have done for an entire season. It's, there's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm just trying my best to find an open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Ali had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I'd run the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women might feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still View Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, after I appeared in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout, so and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT, and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley? State University. <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're talking with Joe Taylor, uh, the legendary Joe Taylor, former head football coach, Virginia Union, Hampton, Howard, Florida A&M, a college football Hall of Famer, a black college football Hall of Famer, uh, the actually the athletics director currently at Virginia Union and was recently selected as a college football playoff selection uh, committee member. Uh, how big? I mean, obviously you have a, a, a great association. I mean, you you know you talk about legendary coaches of all time, but particularly in the HBCU realm. So when that when it comes up that the uh, athletics director Joe Taylor at Virginia Union comes up on the bottom line of like an ESPN or ESPN broadcast, uh, and it and it says that you're now a college football uh, playoff committee member. How big can you? Uh, and obviously, it's big, but tell us how, in your mind, how big that is uh, for HBCUs as a whole. Well, uh, again, very good question because. As you look around and you do a little research, um, this is must this must be the year of first. You know, you talk about first African American female uh, as the vice president of the United States. You talk about uh, her being the product of an HBCU. Um, you know, from what I'm seeing, this is the first time that an athletic administrator from an HBCU has been selected to be on this committee. Uh, because as you know, we're talking um, the highest level of football competition uh, in the college ranks. Um, so for this, to, and then being right now, even though I've been at 1AA, I'm at a Division II uh, you know, school, but the fact that this is the first uh, appointee from uh, an HBCU, um, you know, when you really kind of sit down and look at that, uh, it makes it uh, pretty, the magnitude of it is simply awesome because it's not just Joe Taylor, it's not just uh, Virginia Union, it's a, it's a representation of all of HBCU at all levels because, you know, we are uh, Division Two in terms of our four conferences, the SIAC, CIAA, MEAC, and SWAC. 
And, of course, our highest level is one double A. But to be in the room making decisions on the highest level and you are the product of HBCU, I just think uh, it just makes it that much bigger. And, again, it's quite an honor. You know, for you, and you put yourself in this position, again, president of the AFCA at one time, uh, to your point, a, a, a member, a board member, I guess, for eight years before you became president. And uh, were you, and now you're the athletics director also at Virginia Union, where you had a lot of success as the head football coach there as well. So once you finished coaching, did you feel like you definitely wanted to be in athletic administration and AD? How did it come about? Did Virginia Union come to you? Is it something you wanted to do? Did you feel like, I want to be an AD once I'm done coaching? Well, you know, that uh, wasn't a, uh, a, an inspiration um, uh, or an aspiration, should I say. I had retired after 40 years of being on the sideline um, so I really thought I was finished with uh, campus administration, uh, coaching. But this young man, Dr. Perkins, who was the coach, I mean, was the president at Virginia Union. After I was on a golf course in Tallahassee after I retired from FAM, and uh, Bobby Bowden and I were just on the golf course every, every other day, just losing golf balls. <laughs> and I got a call from Perkins, Dr. Perkins, said, Coach, I know you are retired, but will you come and just give me three years and re- restore the tradition of Virginia Union, which has a great tradition of winning? And I said, well, I'll give you three years. Well, hell, seven years later, I'm still there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a labor of love. I mean, I'm up every morning at 430 without an alarm clock. Uh, You just enjoy uh, being able to touch people and uh, give them uh, a blueprint for a great career or a great experience with the idea of, the good Lord didn't bring you here just to be a uniform rack, but use this athletic model or, or, or engine and, you know, really put those goals high. Use this, but uh, it's a lot more to you, again, than a uniform rack. So I enjoy being around young people and, uh, you know, creating strategies uh, putting together strategic, um, you know, examples of uh, what we need to do step by step by step. So I'm enjoying it. Um, you know, sometimes I try to find that tree that that limb fell out of and bumped me upside my head. <laughs> said that uh, when I came to, I had said yes to a job. <laughs> but you know, uh, it, it's a, it's a great platform. A lot of great things are going on. So, again, I just consider it really blessings. Yeah, no, football program has been turned around. Women's basketball program a couple years back uh, played for a a national championship, so no question about it. You know, Coach Taylor, and again, we're joined by Joe Taylor. Again, he's been selected as a member of the college football playoff uh, and, of course, a college football Hall of Famer, black college football Hall of Famer, legendary figure. You know, we had Rudy Hubbard on the program a couple of weeks ago, he, of course, as you know, just got inducted into the College yeah. Football Hall of Fame. Last yeah. week right. talked a lot 
about black coaches, uh, specifically the lack thereof in the National Football League. But, uh, you know, I, I'm of the, uh, you know, I, I contend that a lot of that also has to do with the lack of black head coaches at the FBS level. Uh, first question, uh, a couple of questions, but first, I mean, did you ever have aspirations to coach on the FBS level? Well, you know, as you um, get to a particular platform, um, you know, you look at it. See, I always looked at coaching as a ministry. Um, in fact, you know, Mike Shanahan, who was the offensive coordinator when I was at Eastern Illinois, and I was his offensive line coach. Well, you know, he coached in the pros. Um, so, you know, if that had been a real interest, uh, but I always thought that pro, you know, level was a meat market. Uh, I, I didn't think it was, you know, the players really control the coaches. Uh, and and I, I don't, I didn't get excited about, see, I, I wanted to build. Uh, a lot of times those pros, man, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, they got a different agenda. Uh, so to answer your question, there were some opportunities, even a couple of times um, at Navy. Uh, there was an interview process there. Uh, you know, Ohio, um, you know, I interviewed and uh, search firm, you know, uh, I went back for the second, you know, uh, you know, I interview, uh, and then there was, you know, of course, Western Carolina. There were some opportunities, but to be honest with you, uh, you know, you really want to be where you made decisions, where uh, you could make a difference. I had said, and I don't want to keep rambling on, but I had said when I was at Eastern Illinois. In 1978, we won a national championship. And Eastern had won and had a winning season in 16 years. Well, we went up there with Daryl Mudra, John Tilly, Mike Shanahan, Jerry Brown, and we won a national championship. And as I continued to be in those meetings, uh, and I took about 15 guys with me when I went to Eastern, because I was a, uh, helping Bob Hedden, legendary yeah, coach course. in D.C. Sure. And uh, we won championships at H.D. Whitson. So when I went to Easton with Daryl Mudra, I took 15 guys out of the city. And uh, five of them started in the national championship game. But as I continued to come in after practice, the staff would get together, we have our staff meetings the next morning, we have our staff meetings and if a young African uh, American had a great practice say on Monday well, he called home Monday night and something goes wrong, you know uh, he gets a dear John letter or finding out that the parents are separated so the next day he, his focus is not in practice and he, he doesn't have the same kind of practice. Well, the coaching staff would come in, and with the same guy that they were raving about on Monday, all of a sudden this guy is a piece of, a piece of meat on a plate. And that really, uh, you know, you kind of look at that. And I said to myself, 
well, as, as, as much as this is great, we won a national championship, I said, I think I need to go back. And, you know, because those young men I was coaching at Easton could probably get a shave and a haircut and go back home and be in the family's business. Well, the young men that, uh, you know, I brought to uh, Charleston, Illinois, or I would coach, they didn't have an opportunity. If they didn't make it with this, if they didn't make it with this football talent, they couldn't go back home and get into the family business because there was no family business. So that's when it became a ministry uh, to me. I'm going to stay in this, but I'm going back to the HBCU uh, and create that role model that these can stand in front of a young African-American with a necktie on, and it's more to it than how fast you run, how hard you hit, uh, you know, how uh, far you can throw a ball, how well you can catch with one hand. It's more to that. So that's when I decided it's not about the pro coaching level. It's not about one double A. It's not about one A. It's about being in a situation where I can impact lives in a real natural way and see if we can see these guys having a great experience in college. And in my book, you see, well, you know, doctors, lawyers, dentists uh, that played for me, and we went beyond the X and O's, and we talked about life and goals and being determined, uh, you know. So – I know that's a long answer to your question, but it was more toward to it was more to me than me going to the pros, going to one A. I wanted to be in a situation where I could impact lives in a very positive and lifelong situation. Very well said. The book, of course, is the making of a champion. Success is and inconvenient it is by joe taylor of course he has just been uh selected to the college football playoff committee college football hall of famer black college football hall of famer 232 96 and 4 record in 30 years as a head football coach joins us here on from the press box to press run by the way uh president at one time of the american football coaches association coach taylor is always great I, I learn something new every time we talk I appreciate it. Uh, continued success, man. We're 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 very proud of you. That's a big that's a big deal. Uh, extremely proud of you and continued success in all you do. Well, thank you and continued success to you guys because you all do a great job of telling the story. So we we really appreciate you all reaching out and continued success to you. Thank you, Coach Taylor. We've got more uh, from the press box to press row on the other side. Box to Row. Box to Row.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Row.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All American teams and weekly media coaches' bowls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Amari Hardwick, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Over the years.
It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. One last thought on Aaron Rodgers before we move on to the Chiefs and the Bills. Aaron Rodgers had a solid game, solid football game, but a game not being able to capitalize. In that scenario, the least amount of points, if you cause three consecutive turnovers, to me, the least amount of points that you need to have off of those turnovers is 13 points. In other words, at least a touchdown and two field goals. And all that the Packers were able to get was one touchdown. And really, that's the difference in the ball game to me. If you get those six points, three, if you get two field goals, that's six points. And I get it. Certainly the Buccaneers defense has something to say about that, but you've got to be able to capitalize. So we can talk about the fourth down call in terms of kicking the field goal to put the Packers down five, opposed to trying to go for it down eight anyway with the two-minute warning right upon them. You can talk about the touchdown that was given up right at the end of the half. Both of those things were big. They were significant. But again, there are some other things that happened in the game. Packers had plenty of opportunities, and I'm going to point to the fact three turnovers, Three Tom Brady interceptions and all the Packers could muster was seven points out of that. So let's move on. Talk about the Chiefs and the Bills. And I mean, you know, talked I talked last week and I said, okay, Patrick Mahomes is great. There's no question about it. But if you have to go with Henny, he still has weapons, meaning Patrick Mahomes. Well, <laughs> there's no, I mean, I, 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 I never said you could replace Patrick Mahomes, I just simply pointed out that he had guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and the running game, which really wasn't, it wasn't there, but it wasn't there because the Chiefs threw the football a whole lot. And so you look at Mahomes, you look at his numbers, 29 and 38, 325, three touchdowns. He was absolutely splendid. Tyreek Hill, nine receptions, 172 yards. Travis Kelsey had a big day one of the biggest days that a tight end has ever had, particularly in the playoff, 13 catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns in the ball game. And you you saw a Chiefs defense that came to play. And, you know, I was surprised. I mean, I thought that the Bills would do at least a little bit better than they ultimately did. But give the Chiefs, some credit, like we talk about the Chiefs' offense, we talk we talk about Eric Bieniemy and that offense, but I mean the Chiefs' defense is pretty good as well, and did what it needed to do in order for Buffalo, uh, or in order for the Chiefs really to win that football game. It it was just one of those things where, um, you know. The Chiefs were just superior. I mean, and, and again, you know, you look at the offense, it was great, but the defense was solid. Like, the defense was solid, and the defense is definitely going to have to be solid against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, I'm looking forward to this Super Bowl. Definitely not two traditional teams, at least more recently, because you know the Bills, of course, went to four Super Bowls. Tampa has won a Super Bowl, but... Uh, you know, more recently we've seen uh, really the it's been the Patriots. You know, we've seen we've seen Seattle 
you know, it's, you know, again, the Bills were in the 90s when they were doing their thing, and you look at the Buccaneers winning that Super Bowl in, in, in what, after the 2 season or after the 3 season, and, and so certainly – uh, this this should be interesting, and it'll be good not to see. Well, you're still going to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, but you're not going to see the New England Patriots. So, a couple of things I want to get to. Legendary coach Jerry Johnson, who coached at Lemoyne Owen, coached at Lemoyne Owen, coached the basketball program at Lemoyne Owen for 46 years. Yes, 46. Six years. He passed away on Sunday at the age of 102. He was 102 years old. He had some roots. Of course, we're here in the state of North Carolina. He actually began his coaching career here in the high school ranks, uh, I believe, up and over in Hickory, North Carolina. He's a graduate of Wiley College, who is an HBCU guy through and through. And this is the interesting thing as well. He earned his, he started out at Wiley, but he, he earned his degree at Fayetteville State. So he's got roots in North Carolina through Fayetteville State and then as a, as a basketball coach on the high school level in Hickory. And this is the thing about Mr. Johnson is that he learned the game of basketball from John McClendon, the legendary John McClendon, McClendon, head coach at North Carolina Central, had some great, great, uh, great success at then. I, I think it was then uh, Texas, uh, Tennessee A and I, which ultimately is Tennessee State, won three straight NAIA national championships from '57 to '59. Then ultim- and then went on to be the first black head coach of a pro basketball team is ultimately in also in the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. So he learned the game from him, John McClendon, who was taught, the, who was a student of James Naismith, the inventor of basketball. Again, to be at one school for 46 years, to have all of that success. Um, and by the way, think about it, won a Division Three national championship in 1976 the only hb at that time was the first uh hbcu division three uh program to win a national championship okay and the other thing is with respect to mr johnson was very well respected 821 wins in his career, 821 wins in his career. You know, one of the things I'm not seeing, which is very surprising, is um, college basketball Hall of Fame. Like, when you do that, win a national championship, have that success, 46 years at one school, 46 years in coaching period as a head coach, and then have 821 wins and a national championship, doesn't matter the level that you have the national championship at, I mean, that is absolutely huge. So hopefully would one day hope to see Mr. Jerry Johnson in the College Basketball Hall of Fame and very surprised uh, that his name is not in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. And you know what they say, give people their 
roses while they're still alive. And I'll tell you what, had every opportunity to do that, and it just didn't happen. Also, another passing. It's just, you know, passing after passing. People are just passing. You talk about 2020 and then now in 2021. Sekou Smith of TNT Sports was, listen, used to come on this program semi-regularly when, you know, back in the day and talk NBA. Graduate of Jackson State, passed away, passed away from COVID. Um, it was earlier in the week, I, I think, uh, Wednesday. I think it was, well, I found out Wednesday. I uh, had a buddy of mine uh, call me and, and, and inform me of that, and I couldn't believe it. Um, I hadn't I hadn't talked with Sekou in a, in a little while, but, I mean, communicated with him, you know, happy birthday and communicated with him via text and things of that nature. But, you know, I remember being at NBA All-Star Weekend in 2007. It was my first NBA All-Star Weekend, and I was hanging out with Roscoe Nance, who, by the way, uh, it's been a year now since – uh, Roscoe uh, passed away and was hanging out with Roscoe, met a bunch of different people. But one of the people that I met ultimately was Sekou Smith, great guy, Jackson State graduate, um, very well respected across all circles of the NBA. And wow, you talk about a huge passing. Uh, and again, at a young age, young, 48 years old, I'm telling you, and you already know this, COVID is taking people out of here. Be serious about it. Can't can't overemphasize that enough in terms of protecting yourself, wearing the mask, social distancing, washing your hands, being as safe as possible, as safe as you possibly can. Um, but man, Sekou, man, a great guy. Um, wow, I mean, uh, passing on at the age of 48 due to the corona virus. So again, continue to be safe and boy, I mean my heart just goes out to his entire family and just what a what a great guy. I mean again, given of his time and matter of fact, last time I saw him was at NBA All-Star Weekend in 2012 in Orlando. Given of his time as busy as he was from time to time to come on and talk some NBA with us here on box to row my time is about up i thank you for yours thank you to joe taylor the legendary joe taylor again now i mean it's such a big deal now a member of the college football playoff committee the athletics director at virginia union 30 years as a head football coach fam you howard virginia union in hampton for joining us today here on the program again the Box to Row preseason All-America team is going to be released on Monday, so be on the lookout for that. You can check that out on our website at BoxToRow.com. The coaches poll is going to be released next week and on Wednesday's National Signing Day. So next week I will rank my top 10 HBCU football recruiting classes. You don't want to miss that. And always remember to support those that support Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications.
Now your head's a 